welcome to the Yes to I Do podcast, your weekly wedding planning show hosted by Jack Brister and Chris Piercy. Hello and welcome to Yes to I Do, your wedding planning podcast. My name is Jack Brister and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Chris Piercy. Today, we had our Instagram live episode, but before we get into it, I want to make a quick apology for the last two weeks. For whatever reason, there's been a couple of technical hitches that have meant that a couple of episodes have not gone out when they're supposed to have gone out. We are trying to remedy it as fast as we can. Uh, however, there are some limitations within that. So please do bear with us, but they will come out eventually um, as extra bonus episodes. This week, we decided to take the opportunity to talk about the advantages of having each individual type of supplier at your wedding. Uh, this runs at nearly an hour long. It's a, quite a good episode, quite a lot of detail we go into. We do thoroughly recommend you check it out. And this is how we got on. Uh, so, hello and welcome to Yes Do I Do, your wedding planning podcast. My name is Jack Brister and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Chris Piercy. Say hello, Chris. Hello. How are you? I'm very well. That was a nice little callback to one of our earlier episodes where we used to introduce ourselves like that. I thought that was quite fun. Yeah, it was a, it was an interesting thing. If you've never watched before or never listened before, then it was utterly meaningless. But, uh, exactly. I've got to ask quickly. Did, did you did you deliberately make sure that your Disney ears were in shot, or was that just a coincidence up in the corner there of your screen? It's coinc- It's coincidental. I mean, if I wanted to do it properly, I would have turned the camera like this to put them all in, and maybe oh. even cut myself out a little bit. I'm not sure which is worse, so you know, maybe half of each is about right. Uh, <laughs> we'll stick with that. So, um, yeah, stick with that. Um, so, so what are we talking about today? Uh, we are talking about why every wedding supplier thinks that what they do is the most important part of a wedding day. That's how you pitched it to me anyway. Um, you may want to phrase it differently for the lovely people who are joining us. No, I, th- I think that I mean, it's it's a slightly controversial way of putting it out there. But I think what we're what we're really talking about is understand. I, I guess we're we're probably essentially pitching what suppliers are going to pitch to you if they're doing a good sales pitch. So yeah. it's not to belittle or anything at all whatsoever. But you know, each and every wedding supplier you speak to in their head, if they understand their true value to a wedding day, will will be able to convey exactly what they are all about as a business and what they can do to improve your day. Because as we've said countless times, if something that you're considering booking for your wedding day is not um, adding value, then why, why are you booking it? If it's not getting it closer to what you want it to be as a wedding day, why are you booking them? So that was my, uh, my kind of idea. Yep, I Hello. think that's that's a very good way of summing up, really. So, um, how do you want to do this? Do you want to just sort of start with a supplier and work that way? I, I think that that's not a bad way to go, and I think there's going to be kind of we're going to go end up going off on tangents to a, a certain extent. Um, I mean, that's never that's, uh, when we get talking, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think straight off the bat just venues straight away I don't think we're even going to bother mentioning about venues and registrars and stuff like that because you know they, you know, um, I mentioned in chapter 3 of my book 
Yeah, straight one. Oh, straight. God, well, how long was that? That was like two minutes in, and you're already mentioning. Two minutes book. in. Well, there's a chapter called "Wanting and Needing" in it, and it's uh, within it. Um, I, we've read it, or apparently you have. Um, I, uh, I, I make the point that the only thing you actually need for a wedding day is someone to marry, some somewhere to get married, and someone to officiate, and a couple of witnesses, I think, as well. So. Yeah. Outside of that, there's nothing you actually need. It is a wedding. You know, it'd be quite a boring wedding without, with nothing else added in. But that's actually all you need. So in terms of venue registrars, you, you need them. You know, um, But a, a venue is obviously going to pitch to the idea that it's going to showcase the whole thing for you and kind of set the tone and everything else like that. But we won't go into that, I don't think, because there's no, there's no point. So... Um, so to start off, what do you think is the most important thing for a couple to book? Because I think this it's going to be the the ones that we value the most ourselves, yeah. which are going to be the easiest to talk about. So what what, what do you think is the most important thing for a, for a couple? So outside of obviously a magician, um, I'd have to say a photographer would be an essential thing to book, which is why they're often the third thing that's booked after, or usually the second actually, after the venue's been booked. Um, it's usually yeah. the second thing they go for. I think that's an essential thing that people need. Um, I, I, yeah, I, fi- I find it crazy that I mean, I, I'm not sure if you're a member of, of, of any or many of them, but um, different wedding Facebook groups, and you'll have someone who three months before their wedding is saying, "Oh, I can't find a photographer. They're all booked." I was like, "Well, of course they're booked. It's, yeah. it's three months before. It's three months before the day, which is in wedding terms is like next week." Um, so why 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 are wedding photographers so important? What's because they are essentially the people that capture the day for your memories, like for the years to come, so you can look back and you can tell people about it and you can show people how your day was, rather than just telling them about it uh, and living off off your memories. So they're a physical representation of your memories, essentially. Which, as okay. we mentioned in last month's podcast, I think it was last month's. Um, is what takes it beyond being just a day because of course spending a lot of money on one day is pointless but the memories that you create are very important so it's essentially a visual representation of your memories okay so just playing devil's advocate as you know one of my favourite games on the podcast Um, with with the advancement of um, mobile phones and the cameras therein and you've got a hundred guests and they've all got a, a, a phone and they're all capable of taking high quality pictures why do you need a photographer if you've got 100 people taking loads of photos and you can hashtag them to get them all in one place and you know what why do you need a photographer uh so there's a fantastic article somewhere i can't remember where it is i'll try and find it and put it on the page at some is it, point is it on your blog it's not on my <laughs> blog at all no no genuinely isn't it's a really good article about uh someone who did this and ended up with really mm-hmm. bad images off the back of it because they thought oh we don't need a photographer everyone's got a camera on the back of their phones um but they can't capture what a photographer can capture Uh, a photographer knows exactly what's going to happen at every point they know uh what shots to get and if they've been to the venue before they'll know where to get the best shots uh, where to stand to get the best shots where you need to be standing to get the best shots uh they will just understand the wedding and they'll understand the day significantly better on top of that they also have DSLRs and they have um, all of these kind of cameras that can't compete with a someone with a shaky hand taking a phone. 
picture on the phone. Yeah. No, I mean it's uh, it's what I think is one of the most valuable things is booking a photographer. And it's something that you know you should definitely be budgeting a, a fair amount of money towards because it's not only the. I mean, we've covered this in multiple episodes before, but the idea is that the most important thing about a, a camera is the person holding it. So it doesn't matter if you've got the latest. Um, you know, I mean, me and Jack have both got a Pixel Three, and the camera on it is insanely good. But it doesn't matter how good it is if you don't know how to frame a shot and you don't know and you can't hold your hand still. And, you know, it's, it's incredible when you look at... I mean, stuff can do in, be done in post or whatever, but um, when you find the photographer that's right for you and you see their image style and you see the colours and the tones they use and then they can then replicate that across all of their shots so that you have a whole album full of shots which all fit and work together in a way that a photo album should as opposed to you know this person here who had it overexposed and this person here who had it like out of focus or didn't get the colors right or whatever um so yeah i mean convincing myself of my own argument but you know, yeah I think and you know, something all, all, all. else you mentioned there was about post if um anyone doesn't have a photographer generally you won't get any post-production because that's what a photographer yeah. that's most where probably most of their money is is going really is into the post and going through all the pictures finding the right ones editing the right ones so they look even better than they did when they took them in the first place all of those kind of things yeah. you wouldn't get if you didn't have a photographer and you just decided to have some mates take some pictures on their phone yeah i mean it's um i don't think it's ever money you're gonna regret spending but it's money you'll regret not spending yeah. um so that was a good line. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that one. That's Write a, that one down. Write the I I, I can't be bothered. But. <laughs> it's a writer downer that I can't be bothered to write down. Yeah. Um. So the next group of Alex, I, I think that some of these can be grouped together because they all have the same thing. Um. So things like the dress, the makeup artist, the hairstylist, and then arguably beauty stuff like nails and things like that that all kind of get packaged I don't know what I'm doing with my hands um, yeah, in, into this the, bundle here yeah into that bundle there or, or everything within that bundle there that that's all to do with making the bride look at her absolute best so you know it's <clears throat> you're not paying for a makeup artist and you're not paying for hair and you're not paying for nails and you're not paying for the dress what you're paying for is the realization of a bride's dream. Um, you're paying for the, the taking you from your beautiful self, however you are, to however you pictured yourself on your your wedding day. Whether you pictured that since you were three years old, or whether you pitched, pictured it kind of the month after you got engaged, there's a idea in your head of how you want to look, and that team of people from the all of those people I just mentioned are responsible for getting you to that point. So. That is how they are going to... Well, that's how they should uh, be pitching that to you. Because if they're just saying, oh, yeah, I'll do your hair, then they don't they, they don't quite get what it's all about. And it, it almost yeah. sounds like we're talking to wedding suppliers here about how they should be selling to you um, as opposed to how you should be buying from them. But, yeah, interesting. Yeah. I, think, um, I think you've kind of summed that up perfectly, really. There's... 
there is a sense that we're kind of talking to suppliers maybe more than, than brides here but i think it's important that brides understand why they are booking the things they're potentially booking um because th this will we've allow got them, we've... this will allow them to prioritize what is important to them and what isn't important to them and then they can adjust and change and see so if they go for example we're not bothered about having you know memories a physical version of our memories then they go well we don't need to budget as much for our photographer but they're saying if they yeah. say that we for me the most important thing is that i look absolutely stunning then they know they need to budget more for those three things yeah i mean i would i would argue at the moment we've only covered the really obvious things so you, yeah because you know you're going to get a photographer and you know you well the chances are that you are going to be booking a hair person a makeup person and presumably you're going to be buying a dress as well yes. so those are the kind of the, the obvious things so i mean that all kind of ties in with kind of the bride's experience of the day um and you know, it, it's similarly you're gonna have uh grooms suits and the uh what the ushers and the rest of the wedding party bridesmaid dresses and I guess all the, I mean the, the reason for investing any money in that is to is it all is going to fit in with tradition more than anything else. Um, that because they're all they're always going to look good, you know. I mean, I I think I can't remember whose episode it was on, but I remember saying that on you know one in every ten weddings or one in every five weddings maybe there'll be one random uncle that turns up wearing a Hawaiian shirt and jeans. Whilst everyone else is just wearing something suit like all the men are wearing suits, all the women are wearing nice like cocktail dress or something, and one random uncle will turn out turn up in a Hawaiian shirt and jeans and you just like sticks out like a sore thumb. But everyone's gonna look nice. So where's the is is the value in buying suits for the groomsmen and pretty dresses for the exactly the same for the bridesmaids? Is that is the value just in tradition, do you think? Um I think Yes, it is a traditional thing that, that that's done for, but I think it's also mainly done as a consistency thing because you want them to look a bit different to the rest of the uh, wedding guests. You want them to know that they are the bridesmaids or they are the groomsmen. Uh, so if they've all got matching suits or very, you know, they've got matching suits, they've got matching dresses uh, or whatever it might be, then it's a definitive kind of these guys are part of. The the, the wedding party rather than just the normal wedding guests um, there that's not to say that you necessarily have to pay for these things I mean traditionally that's what happens is that the, the bride and groom pay for the uh, the dresses and the suits of the, the groomsmen and the bridesmaids that's not necessarily what has to happen uh, it very much depends on yeah what you consider to be important but if you're not paying or you're not paying for the whole thing then you need to be accepting of that and you need to listen to what the people who are paying say about what you're you're offering them because they will have an opinion and they are the ones that are paying for it at the end of the day so you kind of need to accept that if you're not going to pay for it that you may need to listen to what they have to say yeah makes sense so food i mean essential um uh, <laughs> the the advantages of food is that you don't get people who are drunk without having eaten anything um and you don't yeah. have starving guests so how how important is it for food to be different at a wedding i mean we we really should get a caterer on 
to kind of talk about this in depth. We do need a catering but, um, on. Uh, in fact, we've got Happily Ever After Catering is currently watching, so uh, do drop us a message if you do want to be on the podcast. We would love to have you on so we can talk about food because it is one of Chris's eyes' favourite topics. Uh, <laughs> I think I think your favourite topic is cake. Cake, always cake, yeah. No, George's food in general, always I'm not cake. particularly fussy. In fact, when we had a call earlier on today, I think I was busy stuffing my face with something. Um, didn't I? I think so. Food is always Probably. a good one. Um, but yeah, food. What do you mean by different? Do you mean like what? I don't really understand what you mean by that question. Well, so you know, so I think that we where we're both towards the higher end of the market. Okay. When the canapes come out, it's not. It's not something you pick up in Tesco that's normally being served. It's normally some fancy. Yeah. Something or other. It's not sausage rolls. I, I was trying to think of an example then. It's it's not sausage rolls and uh, cheese and pineapple on a stick or yeah. you know, being which which would be fine. I mean, who doesn't love cheese and pineapple on a stick? Um, Whoever came up with it was a genius. Uh, but, uh, it it works. We don't know why. It just works. So yeah, what's what is the value in providing food which is a little bit different? Do you think? Um, that's a really good question. And I don't necessarily have an answer to that other than um, it's something because you're you're essentially asking for these people to give up a day of their lives to be with you and celebrate your day. Obviously, they're happy to do that, but you want to make sure that they have a great day. So if you can give them something that's a bit different in some form or another, if that's with the food, then that's great. You know, um, so I think that's it's a that's a really hard question. That's my instant answer, though. I mean, I, I'm surprised you didn't bring out one of your favourite lines. Uh, people only remember two things. Yeah, should have thought that out, shouldn't I? Yeah, I, was, I, I, I teed that one up for you, and you yeah. just swing and a miss. So um, people remember, yeah, people oh, remember no, two things. No, 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 no. You don't get to do this. You don't get to oh, do you're... this, Chris. So people remember two wow. things about a wedding day. They remember the food, and they remember the funny. So they remember uh, what they ate, and they remember what they saw that was entertaining. Or the opposite, yeah. that wasn't entertaining um, and was rubbish food. They will remember it either way. So you want to make sure you give them good food. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's also a... I mean, if you think about a wedding, a, a wedding is a very, very visual affair um, in terms... And you want to make a, a high impact with your, your wedding, with where it is and what you're wearing. Uh, styling and theming we haven't spoken about yet, but we've spoken about dresses and for the... So it's it's a very visual thing. So and that's great. Um, but we do have more senses than that. So you know, providing a taste sensation for your guests is a great way of making it more of, of a, an unforgettable experience for them. So because, um, and if you're a bit more adventurous with your food choices, then you know it just it just makes it all that much more interesting. Because rather than people kind of just grabbing like a handful of hula hoops. Off a of a tray. I mean, I've never seen. I mean, I'd I'd actually quite like to see that for some strange reason. I've never seen a, a waiter walking around a drinks reception at a nice wedding with a tray full of hula hoops. Uh, it might happen at some <laughs> point. Um, but rather than some just delving for a handful of Pringles or hula hoops off a plate, they are they're being given like a nice little piece of um, bread and um, like toasted and with some like smoked salmon and some stuff, and it's just. I really like canapes, can you tell? Yeah, no, I, um, I, uh, I can tell. So here's an interesting thing then. 
if you're saying that that mm-hmm. makes it more memorable and all that kind of stuff wouldn't then isn't that then becoming a bit more normal so maybe having hula hoops being walked around by a waiter would be more memorable than having actual canapes okay do, do you eat hula hoops <laughs> i do eat. uh no no i don't actually eat hula hoops i mean i like hula hoops but i never buy them so they're a bit different okay, i don't so have kids you see okay so well that's you are allowed to buy them if you don't have kids so um <laughs> okay what what's what's your favorite What's your favourite flavour, well, your favourite type of crisps? So this is going to sound really quite posh. Oh, God, it's going to be, I was going to say, this is going to be really posh or really boring. Or probably so both. There's a Plain. Really, <laughs> no, there's a really, really good, um, done by Co-op in their Irresistible range. They have a really, really good uh, prawn cocktail that actually tastes like proper corn, prawn cocktail with lemon and all that kind of like it's oh amazing those, those are your favourite they're up there I couldn't pick a one individual one obviously they're all amazing like crisps are crisps you can't say no to crisps okay so th- those prawn cocktail um, recall a specific example where you were eating them and were having a great time or were you just sat at home because and you can't they all just sort of merge into one because they're just a bit Crisps, well, right? no. I mean, I could pick out no, because I don't have them all the time. They're a little treat when I do. Um, well, you're kind of that's almost proving that's almost proving my point further. Then, <laughs> all right, fine. I was just I was trying to play devil's advocate, but you did a better job. So, yeah. So, okay, I'll, I'll just ask ask a question. What was the best time you ever ate hula hoops? You probably can't even think of one. I can't remember the last time I ate hula hoops, so no. But if I'd had them at yeah. a wedding, I would definitely remember them. You just completely blown my point out of the water because that would stand out a lot more. But the point I was trying to make is that <laughs> when you have food which is different and memorable, you will remember where you were when you had it. So that's what kind of inherently your guests will experience as yes. well. Okay. Oh uh, yeah. But they might. But they might well remember that if you had just hula hoops at a wedding or party rings. Party rings, solid option always. Um. <laughs> yes, part. Yeah, I mean, I can't. I know you'd never buy party rings just for yourself, would you? So have them. No. What, what sort of what sort of monster buys party <laughs> rings and eats them not at a wedding? Is is well, that I even mean, legal? I don't think so. I have to check. I'm gonna have to speak to a solicitor or a lawyer or something and find out what the actual law is on buying party rings. I mean, surely they have to be only eaten at a celebration or just after if you bought too many, which is impossible. No, you can't buy too many. I think that we have done exactly what we said we were going to do and go a bit off topic. Oh, ever so slightly. You probably okay. didn't notice that. But we went ever so slightly have off. We? Have we? <laughs> okay, so just just bringing us back to straight up plugging ourselves. Um, what is what's the What is our value added to the day as, as magicians? Uh, so we bring ice breaking, so we break the ice between all the guests. Um, we create conversation, which kind of essentially the same things. We bring a high level of energy and impact to the day. We bring a level of interaction that you don't get with other types of entertainment. Um, all sorts really, yeah. So they're, they're, they're the first three that come off the top of my head. Um, what about you? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think that you, you know, the ice-breaking conversation starting thing is is important. And I think that um, people don't realise that a lot of their guests may not know each other. I mean, you do get some weddings where you know, maybe it's like 40 or 50 people and everyone knows each other already. In which case, you know, you don't need the ice broken perhaps, but, you know, it doesn't mean you can't have a magician. But if you've got a wedding of 100 people and you've got your friends, your family, your work colleagues, your partner's friends, family, work colleagues, six different six different groups of people that you want all to get on and to have a great time um and you know magic allows that to happen because it inherently gets people talking if it's done correctly because people will just go well how the hell did that happen expecting the person next to them they don't know to have an answer and they don't have an answer and then you know conversation conversation stuff exactly i mean i I think what it really is what it boils down to is um two things um atmosphere and flow I yeah. think is the so it's such an interesting experience as a as a magician when you start a performance the there'll be a, a feeling in the air of what the the atmosphere of the wedding is like so let's say that you just do we do a couple of hours in the drinks reception it is palpable the difference between when we start and when we finish yeah and, and I think that it's it's genuinely noticeable that um because a buzz starts people start even if even if you're not being performed to you're aware that there are people over there being performed to and they are shouting and they are screaming and they are laughing and you know there's you can see there's something happening and you're like there's a sense of anticipation builds and it's uh, it's all it's almost like theater yeah in, in, in a way um in fact and yeah I... the other part is I was just going to say quickly that I very I can't remember in a blog post I did recently. In fact, I mentioned this very thing, and I said that magic is contagious if done correctly at a wedding, because one group will react well and will love what what we do, and then before you know it, another group's asking you to come over because they've seen you've done a good job with them and they want you to do it for them, and then all of a sudden the next group wants you, and then you're just like being called over and over and over and over by all the different groups. Yep. Uh, because they all want to see what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, you can you can tell whether a magician's doing a good job or not because as soon as he's finished, or he or she's finished with one group, normally, like some scout will have been sent out from another group to try and nab yes. them before <laughs> before they go to the next group. Oh no, you come up here. So, uh, yeah, that that was that's a good way of telling if that's working well or not. Uh, yeah, and the other thing is flow, because there, there is downtime at weddings. A couple of hours after the drinks reception, um, sorry, during the drinks reception, a couple of hours after the wedding breakfast, where there isn't very much going on for guests. So I think with uh, magic in particular, it's a great way of creating flow at that time, rather than it going stale or stagnant or beer lull or whatever words you want to use to describe that period. Now, obviously, there are other types of entertainment out there. I mean, we did a whole live episode on different types of entertainment, but, um, I mean, any anything can essentially do that. We are obviously very biased, but based upon a lot of evidence, that uh, magic does work ridiculously well when done by a professional and done well. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's that's the difference, isn't it, really, between a professional and an amateur, which is episodes we've covered in the past, which go into detail about that, so we won't go into that now. Um, I Tara think... sang it. Oh, yes, Tara Sanger's episode. I couldn't bring it to mind, but yeah, Tara's episode is the one to go to for that. I think it's called Hiring a Professional for Your Wedding Day or something like that, so you'll find it on there. Um, I think there's one 
group in particular that I can think of that we haven't mentioned yet and the advantages of is venue and is decor and styling now yeah this this is interesting because this will depend entirely on how much you thought about your day in terms like whether it's something you've because if you get married somewhere nice that doesn't there's not like an empty shell of a place then you can probably get away with no styling or theming whatsoever you can pick up a couple of things in the range or something like that hobby and craft, just something like that yeah ho- hobby craft and you can spend a couple of hundred quid and it's done because it's not something you care about for other people and i think flowers comes into this yeah. as well i think you'd bundle that together with flowers for some people it's everything because the, the like I said a minute ago, that weddings are a very visual affair. Um, so for some people, it's you know it's ten grand of their budget. You know they want to drop three grand on flowers and seven grand on hiring stuff and bits and pieces for for, for making their day yeah. a, a spectacle for people. Um, so, so yeah, I mean it's it's the, the value in it is if it's valuable to you. If if you know it's not really yeah. It's hard for us. I mean, I know I do this, and I don't know. I imagine you do the same, Chris. Is that often when I'm talking to brides and grooms, is it'll be one of the things that I mention um, that perhaps you could take some budget out of if you were looking at hiring me but didn't have the budget or whatever it might be, uh, because I'll use the lines like you'll say things like you know who remembers the chair covers the day after, or who remembers the centerpieces the day after, and all those kind of things. But for some people those are really important and that's something that i yeah. think i i don't always appreciate as a magician because i'm often thinking well a, ma- a magician's far more important than the centerpieces but for some people that's not true yeah and that's what's interesting that i mean about every wedding being completely different but i mean i can i, I don't know how many weddings i've done a couple of hundred probably probably more um i can honestly say from all of those weddings, I can't remember any single time when I've walked out going, "Wow, those chair covers were impressive." <laughs> or, yeah. Se- se- centerpieces are a bit different because I've seen some spectacular centerpieces yeah. that actually do stick out in my mind. But you know, th- things like chair covers and aisle markers. This is what um, Jessica Hillier mentioned yes. in her episode as well, wasn't it? Um, th- those those sorts of things that. They they look nice and stuff, but I mean her her opinion, if I remember correctly, was to just the things that are going to look nice but don't get noticed, sack them off and then use the budget for more styling, but better with bigger a, things, better bigger things that people go, holy hell, look at that, that's uh, that's incredible that people actually do like remember. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's horses for courses really. Um, I don't really get. I, I get styling, and I love working at weddings that have got loads of styling, look awesome. But yeah, it's uh, it's difficult for me to say that's more important than your guests having a great time by seeing magic or yeah. whatever, or arguably f- having great food or you know. So it's. Um, it's like yeah, we, it's, said, it's, it's, we said at the start, it's what's important to you, really. Those are the most important things. 
um, we can give you all the advice in the world, but we aren't planning your wedding. You're planning your wedding. You need to do the things that are important to you. Yes, I think, like you said countless times, there's no right or wrong way of doing a, a wedding. It's the whatever's right for you. Yeah. So, um, but I, I think that with styling, it's the sort of thing that's, uh, and we, we need to get a stylist on. We've had a, nearly had someone on a couple of times. We need to get yes. someone on to, because um, they will have a different take on this. I'm, I'm, I'm sure because they, they, they're going to understand what the people they work for, and for the people who it works for, it's going to be vital. Yeah. above most other things it's um yeah it'd be interesting to to get a take on that um sure. <clears throat> what else there's there's a lot of things which i would classify as extras which i find a real real difficulty in really thinking there's any value because i've i've done weddings before where people have been um I, i'm not really one to negotiate on price much because i'm, I'm I think with yourself as well, we are busy people. So if some yeah. if someone doesn't take a date, then someone else will. More more often than not, you know, we get multiple inquiries for the same date. You know, I mean, I think a couple of years ago, I had twelve inquiries for the same date. Yeah, insane. But yeah, but yeah, gone slightly off on a tangent there. But the, yeah, people will often say, "Oh, can you take a bit off or whatever?" And you know that they're more than welcome to ask. It's absolutely fine. But then they end up booking you at full price and you go to the wedding and then you see all of this stuff that's there that you think, well, that's probably cost you 100 that's probably cost you 200 that's probably cost you another 200 And it's stuff which has little or no value whatsoever. What kind of things so, are you uh, thinking? What, what does this include? Um, um, remember Fee Chambers-Clark came on for an episode and she mm -hmm. told us that um, in her... At her own wedding, she spent hours trying to decide which uh, chocolates should be with the coffee when it's served, and she said that on the day she didn't she didn't have any coffee herself. She didn't have a chocolate. She didn't see how anyone else having chocolate. And there was I think she I'm not sure she said on the episode, but I remember talking afterwards. She said that they were just kind of like left over, just yeah, and like wedding fav wedding favors as well. I mean, I, mean, I think that. St stuff like that that's I mean, say you got 100 guests and the wedding favours or the, the chocolates cost you a pound or two each that's a few hundred quid which could have been spent on something which you know yeah. has a a, a a lot more to it we talk about the favours a little so, bit in another episode I can't remember whose it is I think it's Jessica's but I might be wrong yeah. uh, where we talk about the favours and different types of favours uh, that you can have during the day that don't always cost a lot of money if any money at all so i guess i'm, I'm assuming i don't know this for a fact i'm assuming the wedding favors are, are your way of saying thanks for coming yeah see this is where that that whole thing falls apart for me because i think that it is much better to spend that money on something which is going to genuinely improve their experience of the day as opposed to them being given something which normally gets left on the table yep um and that's not just me being mean about wedding favours. I just think that that's just what happens. So, I, I mean, yeah, I personally would agree. Um, so, I mean, I'm not going to argue with you there at all because I think you're right. It is something that people people stress far too much over. It. It's stressing the uh, the little things, um, and I have a feeling yeah. that 
your your little smirk there. It seems I said stress. No, no, no smirk. Oh, I, I, I was. I, no, was that? No, it's got an itchy nose today. Just an itchy nose. Okay. Just an itchy nose today. <laughs> uh, okay, so those extras. Is there anything else that you feel like we should talk about that we haven't? Um, this is where it gets really embarrassing for those well, people sh- who know who we should have mentioned. Well, there's um, there's something I want to drop in there controversial, and we need to have someone come on and defend themselves on this. Okay. Um, wedding invites. Okay. See, I've spoken to quite a few stationers, and they will insist, and I'm not going to make a comment on this, they will insist that the invites are incredibly important. The reason being is it's the first impression that someone will get of your wedding and it sets the the tone and expectation of the day. How much do you agree with that statement? Good question. Um... You really don't like saying controversial stuff, do you? Just want to make no, everyone happy. No, I genuinely happy. no, I because I, I don't really have a have an opinion on them. I can't say I've ever really thought about. Uh, to be fair, me and maybe this is just me, or maybe this is just a guy thing. I don't know, but I've never looked at an invite and said that invite looks like it's going to be a good wedding. But would you, if you just got sent a Facebook invite, would you think this is going to be a rubbish wedding, or if it was just like? If you just got a, a text saying my wedding's no, I don't think so. Then... I no, I think that that would be fine because I think if anything, that makes it seem a little bit more personal, um, and like it's for you. Because to write out, uh, I mean, obviously, it takes no more effort necessarily than than doing a in, an actual physical invite, um, mm. but I feel like that would be more personal. So, I'm not. I'm not denouncing wedding invites, but it's uh, who. I I no. I, I nearly said that with completely the wrong intonation. Then <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll say it how I nearly said it, um, and then I'll repeat it correctly. Uh, so I nearly said it like this: um, Who cares about wedding invites? <laughs> um, you. you um, whereas, whereas the uh, the um, emphasis should have been on the who, yeah, oh, knocked over my, I, 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 I over gesticulated there, um, <laughs> there you go, um, and caught the wire my headphones are attached to. Uh, yeah, so the the emphasis should have been on the who, not the cares. So uh, who cares about wedding invites? Is it the person sending them or the person receiving them? Sending them, because yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I don't, I don't, how much do wedding invites cost? We need a, we need a station. Genu- I genuinely have no idea how much they cost. I haven't got a clue. Um, no, not I've got no idea. So if, if it's anything more than a pound, that's so much money. You, you can just text someone. WhatsApp. WhatsApp group. Yeah, but Who's also, coming to my yeah, wedding? But also, you've got to pay for the postage on them all. Yeah. So if you've got 100 guests how and you're paying, what, stamp, it, how much is it, 50, 50p, 60p for a stamp, stamp, isn't it? Stamps are about eight grand now, I think. Uh, <laughs> <stupid>. <laughs> I know, it feels like it. 
Um, but if you're then paying for all of those stamps, then it does it does add up, doesn't it? That's sixty quid gone right there. Um, yeah. Before you even actually got the invites. Yeah. Right. Music. Music. Okay. I haven't covered. I think we can. We've we've hated on uh, wedding invites or stationery. Oh, well, I mean, on it. we just... haven't. No, it's, it's the thing. Like again, if for you, it's really important that people get the right first, as the stationers say, you get the right first impression of your wedding. Then go for it, you know. But for me, I don't necessarily see the value in that, and obviously Chris doesn't um, either. But we would like to have a stationer on to defend that argument for sure, if we can, uh, if they will talk yep. to us anymore. Which, yeah, probably not. <laughs> Literally every wedding stationer I know is gonna like be hate hating me now, so uh, that's great. Uh, that that being said, I have seen some wonderful and very elegant and very pretty wedding stationery, which fits in with very elegant and themed weddings. Exactly. So it's um like it's very very much whatever is suitable for for you. So uh, music we haven't touched on at all. So there's there's uh, there's live music and there's DJs. Um, you know, Mark Gerard, who we had on in episode four or five, says that um, music creates the soundtrack of your day, which I think is a nice way of putting it. Um, and we've had discussions about the advantages of DJs compared to just having a playlist on an iPod and stuff like that. Because um, I think we've mentioned before that the real value in a DJ as opposed to a playlist is their experience of reading a room and understanding what songs need to come on when and what's going to get people up dancing and what's going to kind of maybe calm things down if it's getting a bit too or what you know when to change to a more upbeat thing or and stuff like that so that's the kind of the value in it i guess um whereas if you know that all your friends love a particular genre of music and they don't care then an iPod would be absolutely fine, or whatever. Still don't. I, st- I would still argue that you need someone there or something there, some sort of. You need a DJ, even in that instance. I would argue you still need one. Um, just to, yeah. I, I mean, mean they're just nice to have, like. They know what they're doing. They're there for a read. Like they do their job. Like they just know what they're doing, um, and yeah. they have the they have the proper equipment, not a speaker and an iPod with an aux cable. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, I'm. There's very much trying to convince myself of that argument. I don't really believe it. No, I don't um, think you did for a minute. Um. And all, and also, and I think this is really, really overlooked, is that there's a lot of people out there, not you, um, because you're boring. Yep. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, who have like guilty pleasure songs that? Yeah. You know, they would. Ne- they'll never. They'll never go up and request it. They'll never admit to liking it but that song will come on and they'll say they'll their feet will literally take them up to the dance floor um so true like, i don't know if you, so true so, something stupid like agadoo or something like that which you'd never you'd, ne- you'd never put on a playlist yourself um we well, you might do i don't know um but something that's just like rubbish but it's gonna get people dancing so yeah, so that's kind of the recorded music side of it. Um, I think that there's a, a lot of value in having musicians there, and there's like string quartets and acoustic duos and things like that. And I think that 
I don't... Oh, this is going to sound weird. Um, I don't classify that as entertainment, though. No, I I wouldn't either. Um, the kind of the daytime background music I wouldn't consider as entertainment. Uh, I would consider it background accompaniment. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it almost it's almost audio styling. Um, yeah. If you if if that's even a thing, it's not. I just made it up. I'm on it today with creating stuff. You are amazing, Chris. I know. Um, yeah, yeah I, 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 go on, I, you go. It, it, it creates an ambience. I mean, it, if if you hire a string quartet, a good one, uh, or um, pianist trio, or or pianist or something yeah. like that, it it is going to set the tone of an elegant event, a classy event, or whatever. With with. It, with Bar none. I, I can't imagine. I can't remember any event, that, any wedding that I've done that's had a string quartet or a pianist where you've gone. God, this is a bit rough around the edges. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. It just it it just works. Um, and like the same with kind of acoustic duos. It's or and, and things like that. It's it sets a tone and sets an atmosphere um, that makes that part of the day. Feel right if you if you get it right. It's, yeah, of course. No, I, I, so that's, I agree. That's, that, I mean, that, that's the that's the kind of real value in it, I guess. Is um, it it's helps with that part in in the same way that a playlist just can't. Yeah. I mean, um, I think playlist for the wedding breakfast is fine. Yeah, because it, if you were to book an entertain, or if you were to book a pianist or string quartet or harpist or any of those things during the breakfast, I think it would. While we're saying it's background audio styling during the drinks reception, it would be wasted during the breakfast. Um, Wait, what, I think wasted is a um, exaggeration. It would be less impactful. Okay, fine, less impactful. Because yeah. it won't be a pretty because there's an argument there going on between listening to the music or enjoying your food, and let's be honest, most people are going to pick enjoying their food over listening to the music and paying attention to it. Added on to that, all the extra noise of the plates clattering and the knives and forks cutting everything up, uh, and you yeah, know, every everything is amplified during that time. So you you don't uh, it's money not well spent if it goes at that time but during the drinks reception it makes perfect sense I think yeah completely um, I've got a um, I've got a wedding in August where they have got a I want to say 12 12 piece 12 piece gospel choir oh cool who are yeah who are singing during the ceremony and then they're doing the drinks reception as well so that is going to be cool. at Lulworth Lo- Castle that's going to be awesome that is going to be um, good yeah yeah, um, but yeah, like like we both said, I don't. That is not in and of itself going to entertain guests in the same way that something like magic or something else, because it's not going to get people dancing. People people will listen, they'll go, but it's not it's not the sort of time of day when people are going to be singing along and making requests and yeah. up dancing. So it it is. It does. It is going to have a more of an ambient feel to it than, you know, um, 
uh, some sort of interact. It's not interactive entertainment at all. No, it's not. It? So it's there's, not, which therefore makes it ambient. Yeah, there's there's one exception to that rule, and it is niche. And I appreciate this is slightly niche, but if you were okay, um, but I I can talk about it because I've seen it happen. If you had a group of classical music enthusiasts at a wedding, and you had a pianist who was playing a specific type of uh, classical music that was complex and hard to achieve, then it creates a form of entertainment for those people because they can enjoy the complexity of what you're doing or what that um, pianist is doing. But I appreciate that's very niche and will not apply to almost every wedding anyone will ever attend. So that applies to one wedding that's ever existed, probably. <laughs> yeah, it's, but it, I, I, that, that's the yeah, I guess it, I guess if you've got a, a, a grand maestro, is that the right yeah, term? Yeah, that is, yeah. Yeah, yeah if you've got a, an actual grand maestro playing at your wedding and people can... Are they are someone so good that you just have to turn and watch what they're doing and you have to go... How are they doing that? That's not. That's a level of skill that I've never seen in any other magician, uh, musician ever. Yeah. Then, that is a, again a different thing. Um, but they don't very yes very, very, very niche. Very rarely do those kind of people perform at weddings. No, they they don't. But uh, yeah, um, there's a pianist we actually need to get on as well. Wow. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and if, if anyone's got any requests, actually, of uh, people they want types to of supplies yeah. you'd like to. Or, or particular supplies or types of supplies, let us know. It's a, good to know. Uh, and then evening music, of course, the the band you have for the evening. Um, I guess that is your... You and your partner's personalities coming out on the day through your musical choices because, yeah, it's, it's, it's just a party at that point. So it's, so it's, it's, it's important to get it right because you want to get people up and dancing and enjoying themselves because it is a party at that stage so it should be fun yes definitely there's uh yeah you can have any kind of uh any type of musician i would go for i would always choose a band over a dj having been at weddings that have both many times there's something about having a band mm. there that is just so much better and so much more engaging and so much more uh, it, it allows for people to get up and dance a lot easier I find for whatever reason I think because there's a physical human interaction going on there I think it encourages people to get up more but also I appreciate there is a hefty cost that comes with having a band over having a DJ so I appreciate it's not going to suit everyone's budgets but if you can afford a band I would go with a band over a DJ Yeah. for, for more information on bands and booking them uh, Tim from Next Level Music's podcast which was a three or four episodes ago um yeah great great one to listen to for for more information on that um photo booths i'm uh so no uh, <laughs> um no, just, just no you just, just don't no, like them just a no i think that on the whole i don't know why people pay for them they're fun yeah, but I mean, you could you could you get, essentially you do, get silly photos. You could essentially do the same thing on a much smaller budget. I don't see why people put so much money towards them and pay for them. I think they are interesting, but I don't 
see a need for them at weddings particularly we you, you realize you've just offended every photo booth operator it's okay ever i'm 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 kind of okay with that um because i just i i i understand why they're there and i understand that they're fun and they're interesting but i think <laughs> the money could be spent better yeah, I mean they're, they're they're somewhere between four and eight hundred quid normally. Yes. I think. And I think on that's a lot of money for some drunk pictures photos. of people wearing a fake moustache. Some some of us can grow moustaches, so you know, it's. Uh... <laughs> yes, I know. Um, so, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, the, my I, I've got no particular issue, and I, and I think that people do enjoy them. My my one gripe with photo booths and it's not photo booths fault it's well it kind of is um is that and i'm sure you've experienced i mean people tend to start using the photo booth about 10 in the evening yeah because uh, they're like people will ignore it and they'll ignore it and they'll ignore it and it'll get to a point in the evening where they're just like oh yeah there's a photo booth yeah um and then Once you'll the just right get level of drunk. Two, they reach a certain level of drunk and then that is what they want to do and if you want to entertain your guests at that time of day with something where they go, oh yeah, cool, an inflatable guitar, then it's ideal, right? It's it's exactly what you should be doing. Um, but you know, the, if you if they're there from seven in the evening, there's like three hours where you know you'll just have a couple of people kind of looking in and taking a photo or something like that. And I I, I think they are a lot of fun and people do enjoy them, but it's it's a like like Jack said. It's, it's a lot of money, potentially, for something which. I was going to come out and say it. I think you've got to be certain that your guests are going to love it. Yeah. In which case, it's 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 money well spent. Um, but okay. So I have one quick question I want to do before we wrap up because I know we're now okay. heading up towards the hour mark, and I feel like that's more than long enough for people to listen to our voices for. Um, yeah, for about a photo booth, would you count okay. it as entertainment? Because I get this a lot. I get this uh, when I meet people at wedding fairs. They say, "Oh no, we don't need a magician. We've got a photo booth." It, I, I I guess it is, but it's like, like I just said. It's it's entertainment at ten in the evening when I feel like. If it wasn't there, people are going to be having fun anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I can count, and I'm sure you're probably pretty much the same. I could probably count on two hands how the amount of wedding performances I've had uh, where I've been there after ten in the evening. Yeah, I probably it's just even not. Do, yeah, it's probably it, zero. It might be yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, so when it's, no it's other not... enter- when no other form of entertainment will suffice other than perhaps a band or a DJ who are already on anyway, um, it counts as entertainment. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, but I think that you you you'll get a great uh, selection of photos and stuff like that. Um, but you'll probably get them from pe- this quality of the photo you're going to get and people messing around and stuff is probably what you're going to get anyway from people taking pictures on their phone. Yeah. Uh, I have to go one second. Okay. Uh, I have to go one second. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so that pretty much, I think, Chris has gone off for a second there, but I'm pretty sure that about sums us up, really. Um, 
there's not a lot else to say, I don't think. The photo booth is, as we said, we're, we're not big fans on it. But equally, as we've said the whole way through this episode, if you think it's important and it's important for your guests and it's important for your day, you should ignore everything we just said over the last hour and you should do it anyway because it's your day. Everyone's day is different. Every wedding is different and you need to do what's right for you. Uh, <clears throat> so that's what kind of we have to say about that. And uh, Chris is now on his way back. So hopefully we can wrap up and finish off this podcast episode. You can hear him rustling about there. Hello, you're back. Sorry, Sorry. doorbell. Okay, very important. So um, we're just, I was just about to start wrapping up really. So Chris, if people want to find out more about you, what you do and all those kind of things, how might they do that? So if you're interested in booking me and finding out what I do, you can go to chrispiercymagic.co.uk. Instagram is uh, chrispiercymagic, or you can search me on Facebook, which is chrispiercymagician. I also have written a book on how to stay stress-free throughout your wedding planning process. It's called Blissful Wedding Planning, Becoming a Stoic Bride. It's available on Amazon, um, paperback, um, Kindle, and Audible. I think that just about covers everything and every way you could possibly get it. And uh, yes, Jack who has paused if they want to find out about you and uh, what you do where can they do so you can find out more about me by heading to my website www.theluxurymagician.com you can find me on facebook jack brister the luxury magician or you can find me on instagram at my new tag which is the luck at the luxury magician and that about sums us up for this week we will be back next week with a new episode hopefully uh, obviously of course that is permitting to the technology gods and we will see you then bye thank you for listening to yes to i do please remember to like us on facebook and follow us on instagram using the tag at yes to i do podcast